cool so <clears throat> yeah uh what this is <laughs> this is a community hangout like we don't have anything uh prepared essentially to talk about we can talk about um ai uh since you know the the whole huge ai thing happened last week uh we can talk about what's happening kind of in the industry because me and corbin have you know we have our one of our legs is always like uh in in the kind of studio side so we know what's happening in on the studio sides and um stuff like that but it's honestly what you guys would like to talk about if you if you have if you want to join the chat i can i think you can raise your hand i can add you to the stage and we can then chat uh, or you can just listen it's up to you guys but also if you have questions that you know maybe you're shy and you don't you don't want to get up here as a speaker you can also ask in the chat that's going to be fine as well but uh yeah just to start off i think let's start with ai i guess right um <laughs> i i i have a <laughs> I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, but I was posting some funny tweets about AI. And I think the the, the one I liked the most was uh, uh, I said, whoever calls themselves uh, an AI VFX artist or, or an AI filmmaker, it's like a, a chef calling, calling yourself a master chef in a kitchen, but just uh, selling $1 preheated lasagnas, right? Because essentially that's, that's that's a joke obviously it's not exactly like that with ai but that was uh it's pretty close yeah but then i think corbin you said something you had a follow-up to that yeah well the analogy goes on further because the thing is when i when i first moved to the uk and i was like in my 20s and i was literally for like about two months all i was eating was microwave meals and i started to get like really sick like honestly i felt like <laughs> terrible and so i was eating three meals a day but i was yeah. just eating three microwave meals a day and i was mm. like you cannot sustain yourself on this like cheap food and i think it's the same with ai like yeah. But likewise, there are, I mean, I was watching on uh, the Great British Bake Off and there's a challenge where they were doing stuff and then the next thing they're microwaving something. You know, it, it is a tool mm. can can be used by professionals. Uh, mm. But for it to replace the whole thing mm. is ridiculous to think that that's even the direction it's going to go. That's like literally like why, why are there restaurants at all and not just microwave places because, you know <laughs> just, just frozen food places because yeah. if if it is a one for one then that's all we would do and i think it's the same with ai like mm. yeah it's a tool yes it will replace some things it's certainly going to change a lot and make a lot of advancements and certain old techniques will fall away and be replaced by newer things but in areas where it is overused it will start to make whatever that is um, cheap yeah you know so if you open a restaurant and had nothing but frozen food then sure it's gonna taste cheap yeah there will be some people that will try and get away with that and the uh, the actually this microwave analogy is perfect because um you can have people who can't cook at all that mm. suddenly can prepare a meal that looks like a fancy meal by just sticking a few candles maybe a you know tablecloth and then a frozen meal even mm. if they can't fry an egg and it looks like they're a chef, but it will become very apparent very quickly that they're not. And that's the same here. Yeah. Some people that aren't artists will be able to do more than they could before. But if they try and subsist entirely on just using AI to do everything for themselves, it will start to kind of become very clear that it is all AI generated. Mm -hmm. It only works when you use it in small doses to help you maybe speed something up or come up with ideas or fix something like maybe you can add in a background that you didn't have before and you don't have a matte painter but if you use it for everything it's so obvious that mm. you've used it for everything yeah yeah and it's it's the same in the fashion industry as well you know obviously you have your primarks and your like low quality clothes but there's always like the handmade handpicked uh, mm -hmm. kind of stores and like brands that are way 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 more expensive because they are handmade and because a person made them and yeah i think the big thing people are yeah afraid of is that ai is just going to replace all of our jobs 
and I mean that's I I I get it because one when you see those demo videos, you're like it's over, right? You're like oh my god, this is way too good. But honestly, they're just showing what the the best clips they were able to make with the tool. Yeah, and literally, I don't know a single person or like a single studio right now who's actually using this in production because it's it's useless even at even if it gets even better yeah. in my view it still doesn't uh do anything i mean i've had you know i've built setups in houdini where there's a lot of randomness involved you know you're mm. creating noise and you're scattering things and whatever and sometimes you get a really good seed where it just looks really cool but yeah. if if your tool is you know a whole lot of crap <laughs> and then every now and then you get a seed that's really good like you know it's not a good tool mm -hmm. and uh but i could show you just the good seeds i could generate a hundred of them show only the three that worked and then say oh this is a really powerful tool but it's is it really um yeah. you know even some of the videos that they've been posting about that uh, you know like the news you know all, with all the videos mm -hmm. but like even something as simple as the fact that the lines on the road you know like because they've got like a car driving that's like yeah but it, it can't even understand the fact that lines on the road need to be like white solid lines on either side and a dotted line in the middle it every time they generated a different seed the lines were just completely different it's like mm -hmm. something so so simple it can't get and then that's where it brings us to like the next thing is controlling it obviously is getting better yeah and um, able to give it additional feedback but i mean have, have any of you tried to supervise a team where <laughs> you're so busy that you can't do the shots yourself and you have to try and coach juniors and mids to like do a thing if because if anyone has you'll know why i'm not worried that ai is going to replace it because that's really what it is is you're telling it what you want and then it has to generate that's like telling a junior or a mid oh this is what i want and they're going to come back with something and it's cool but it's not what you want or it's mm. not exact and now you've got to try and like be like no 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 um ch change this or change that and at some point you get frustrated and you just want to say just give me the scene and let me show you mm. But if you, with AI, you can't. It's like you have to literally tell it and hope for the best. And it's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's frustrating. Yeah, it's like a slot so, machine right now. Because yeah. I, so when MidJourney came out, I was actually in the beta testing it out. And then through version one, two, three, four, you know, five, six. At some point, I, I started using it a bit more in my workflow because I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. You know, you can make, make things that... Um, I guess you can use it as inspiration, right? You can kind of create images that uh, can guide you. They can, you can use them as a reference. So let's say instead of a, it's like a private concept artist in a way, right? But the more I was using it, the more depressed I got because it was literally like a slot machine. And I was like, okay, change the, type something new, change it, right? And it didn't give me what I wanted. I was like, I type something new and then pull the, the lever again and it was like i honestly my dopamine got fried because i was like getting these pretty images that my brain was like oh i'm doing this i'm making all of this but eventually i felt like almost like depressed using it and i feel like that's gonna happen on on so even disregard that it's getting super good and people can act, i'm sure people are going to be able to use it in certain commercials maybe low budget indie movies are going to start using it um it's going to be good for previs. It's going to be good for conceptual work. But besides all of that, I just don't like using it. But that's like me as an artist. Like I spend like, you know, a good decade working on things and grinding. And if you look, if you, if you read any, any kind of book, artistic book, they're always, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the work itself is the point, not the actual result. You know, even in life, getting to, to like the highest peak is not the point. It's the journey getting you to that peak. And I feel like with AI, it's just skipping a lot of those super essential things. And it's gonna it's not gonna be enjoyable to to use, I think. Yeah. I mean when you've even you talk about concept art, when you're looking through and you 
you know, searching the internet, you find an artist that you're like, wow, this is, this really speaks to me. Maybe you find one image and then you go and look at, check it out the rest of their work and you go, mm. wow, this is cool. You bookmark that, you, you know, you're inspired by that artist. Not only are you using that artwork then as inspiration for the particular reference you were looking for, you know, to finish your shot, but you, you would also bookmark them and that like go back and that, that inspires you to do other things, you know, and that only really happens with, with artists you know you're yeah. inspired by the people you're not going to be inspired by a machine because yeah. it's all it's really doing is recreating stuff that's just a mishmash of stuff that we've already recreated you know yeah so, you, know, you kind of dissociate from from that so i think for as a, you know an artist experience i don't think it is this thing that's going to completely take over obviously yeah. there will be from if you think about it from the people who are paying the money right so that's a completely different thing you know mm -hmm there are going to be some corporate types that are going to try and use it and push it to like save even, money or whatever you know even studios they, might hire people that are like ai artists but studio even i think even studios don't have no idea what they're even hiring for um yeah but that's the problem is yeah. I, it's one of these like what's going to happen is they're going to start trying to use it but find all the same problems that we're talking mm -hmm. about now that that the client wants something different i mean <laughs> Talk about pixel fucking. Yeah, yeah. You know, directors want to literally move things tiny little bits. They're never going to be happy with like being like, oh well, that's just what we get. Yeah. We can't change it. Um, and uh, you know, yeah, it's it's just not a good experience for for them. Plus, if you think about the end result, right? Mm. People nowadays, let's say, are like willing to I don't know buy organic food. Mm. They know it's it's better they're willing to pay more because it's it's like a badge of honor there's a there's a there's something valuable in it that's more than just the price or you know you're still getting a you know i don't know if it's a, a chicken it's just you know but the one is cruelty free all that type of stuff people will pay for that yes there's people who will take the the cheapest they can get and that they don't care about that but there's a huge subset that will not and supermarkets have to supply both um and I think it's going to be the same with, with AI. You know, people don't want to, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not interested in watching a film that's made entirely by AI. So yeah. I, at some point there will be basically a big kind of badge being like, this film was made by humans. Yeah, it's going to reverse. And and people will only watch those, not necessarily everyone, but there will be a like a, a huge subset of the population that will be like, I don't want to watch stuff that was generated by AI because yeah. it's just the same competitive crap so then studios have to kind of you know lean towards that so uh, yeah i think it at the moment is is a big uh shifting sands and yeah. it's causing a lot of disruption and it's definitely gonna cause some job loss but it's not like it's not a permanent slide down to like no everyone's gonna lose their jobs it's more it's like an in instinct kind of like like instant response to like, oh, hang on, we can do it a different way and it's going to shake things up. But um, yeah. I really don't think we're going to fully replace it. And in fact, one more thing as well that I wanted to say about it, which uh, I was thinking about a lot today based on something I read on, on LinkedIn is about sub subjectivity. Mm. If you think of AI, like it is the thing that it, I think, is the worst at, even besides this ability to like, understand or to fix micro things is mm. is subjectivity so if you tell it give me you know like you want to do some like fashion shot or whatever you just enter oh like some like you know, beautiful woman walking down the the street in like a high fashion i don't know like a red dress or something like that its idea of what a beautiful woman is what a street should look like what a you know is going to be very very subjective like well no it's it's objective, like as in it's it's sort of calculating what the most likely thing is that you're talking about rather than you being like, well, but that's not my idea of what beauty is or that's not the type of address. Now you have to start explaining every, every single thing. So yeah, sure, that's when your prompts get longer and longer and longer and then it, it just becomes convoluted and impossible to work with because you want to be able to give, I mean, you want to say like, oh, I need some big epic environment you know like epic lord of the ring style environment or whatever but 
its idea of what is epic is going to become repetitive whereas for us as an artist the word epic is is subjective mm. so if i tell urban to go and paint me an epic environment it's going to be very very different to you know if, if i go and do it and and that's what makes art art and you take that away we're basically going to get the same stuff unless you get really really good at using different words and yeah that's just a pain yeah it's kind of a race to the bottom uh, when you start thinking yeah. about it like that but for me it's like even when people see oh studio x is hiring an ai artist in a lot of cases they're hiring for two different positions and it also depends on this on the studio um, high-end studios might be hiring ai artists but i think they're mo they what they really want to hire is like ai engineers like people who can actually like develop some tools within within the vfx pipeline that is utilizing AI, not replacing artists, but just in improving the pipeline with AI. Mm -hmm. So I'm all for, uh, you know, in improving UV, UV, UVing, right? Uh, improving like uh, rigging, improving the simulation speed, uh, stuff mm -hmm. like that with AI. That's all going to be good. Um, yeah. And then in some yeah, cases... Yeah, let's focus for a second about the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to bring a lot of good stuff as well. So I'm saying this because we, like me and Corbin, we're looking at what's happening and we're talking to a lot of people that are like in the industry and we're always checking, like even with studios who are like, are you guys using AI? And most studios are like, no, not really, not in production. Nobody's like, there's no way there. Literally, there's no way of using it right now. But then some people are like, oh yeah, I'm kind of using it as an, in a, an experimental fashion, right? And then they show us how they're using it. And then I think me and Corbin are gonna kind of see when AI becomes good enough that we can maybe try and teach it how to use AI, but like in a professional way. So not like how to use Midjourney to to type prompts, because that's like a five minute YouTube video and everybody's doing it, right? But like how to actually use AI maybe in Nuke to freaking do a better face track, you know, how to use AI maybe to, yeah, to pre-visualize maybe your ideas or concepts and then how, how do you build on top of that? So things where AI will actually be helpful, not replacing anybody, but giving you like an extra, uh, you know, a, a double jump with your workflow essentially. I mean, I think some of the areas, just to kind of briefly touch on them all, but I mean, for example, it, you know, to be able to generate some kind of elements that you would use in comp, right? so that you're still sitting and comping, but maybe you don't need a giant library or then have to even sift through a library to find the right one. What you can instead do is describe what you want and it will give it to you. It might as well be a pre-existing library and the AI system is just finding what exists in the library with intelligent prompts mm. versus generating it. It doesn't actually matter at the end of the day. What it's quickly doing is spitting out like a, a like a blood splat and they're letting you almost infinitely regenerate different seeds of that same blood splat instead of, okay, I've used the six popular blood splats that are out there. Um, and now, and now what? I've run out, so I need to buy another package of it or whatever. Like that, I think will be useful. Um, helping, you know, previous things. I mean, we, you know, actually talking with a guy I worked with, and you know, hopefully he's going to do a workshop with us as well. And he's he's um, runs his own studio, but the thing is, he's not an artist artist. I mean, he's very creative, but he doesn't. He's not like a fine artist. But he would be able to use it to take his ideas, scripts that he's written, you know. Um, and basically very quickly um, pitch it to directors and things because he can create a mood board where he, if something's not quite right or he can change the prompt or he can mash two different things together where it's he goes oh the lighting of this but the you know composition of this so, but then also add a character in the foreground and he can quickly do that and get the idea sold mm. sure the character's got six fingers and the like it just it doesn't look right like you know if you looked at it it would never be the final frame mm -hmm. 
Um, and it shouldn't even be the main previs or something. Otherwise, you're going to confuse the other, the rest of the artists down the pipeline. But it helps get this thing sold. And it, it's then what you give to your layout and your previs to say, hey, this is what we're going for. This is the mood. Here's the vibe. Here's the kind of composition. Here's the lighting. And then we move forward. So mm -hmm. it's, it's helping take, like, it's helping conceptualize ideas yeah. very quickly. But if you think it's going to make a final image, uh, that's, I think, a very long way away and, uh, and a very, very boring generic result once it finally can do that. Um, yeah. Also, in terms of, as I've been reading the chat, and I, I know, I mean, this is a whole like, much, much deeper conversation, but um, I was listening to a, a podcast um, from, and I can't remember the name now, it's gone out of my head, but anyway. Um, uh, I'll when I think of it, I'll I'll mm. post it or whatever. And he was uh, interviewing these um, two guys that basically are design like uh, their whole job is developing AI. And they basically were saying um, what we have now cannot be developed far enough for it to become intelligent. Like it will mm. never. It, it, it it's a very very good simulation, mm. but for them to develop AI, they would have to actually backtrack and go a different route uh, to to eventually get there. It's basically a dead end. Now it's a dead end that might be very vast, so they can make it better and better and better, but it will reach a point. But it is not intelligent because it's, it, I, I mean, calling it AI is actually a joke. It's not AI, it's machine learning. Mm. And it's machine learning with a giant library. It is not intelligent. Yeah. And in order for it to be intelligent, it would have to be something entirely different. So, no. Yeah. The journey's never become artificial intelligence. Maybe one day they can invent that, but it would be a whole different way of getting there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see uh, people are saying um, maybe AI toolset for VEX, you know, that helps you kind of write code. I, I honestly, because I'm, I'm, I'm an artistic person, I would like that. I keep forgetting freaking code. Um, yeah. There is there is a service that kind of does that already. I, I forgot the name of the server. Uh, let mm -hmm. me see. I think it's called lobster.dog. And it was kind yeah. of it did help with coding a bit. It was it still got mm -hmm. things wrong. But let's say if I just typed uh oh just connect a few points, make a line in between and this and that, it would give me like a, mm -hmm. a code that would work, right? So I yeah. think that that's one of those things things that might accelerate. Um our job and our process make it a bit easier. Um, and I think that's fine. I mean, obviously, as a code nerd, uh, I, yeah. I would not want to use that. And of anyone course, who, yeah. who vaguely even wants to understand Vex or Python, uh, then you really shouldn't use it. Even at that, well, tomorrow see, they release that. Th you said a, you could. That's my point, right? Like that, I have a whole rant about AI. But the biggest point <laughs> is if you don't walk the road, you will never understand what your goal is. Like you will, you you just won't yeah. be able to even know what you're searching for. So, for instance, if you have ChatGPT, and you're like, write me a cool script, like Indiana Jones or whatever, and it's gonna write you a script. If you're not a screenwriter, if you're not a person who studies screenwriting and you're studying movies and you're a filmmaker, you won't know what a good script even is. So you 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 have to learn how to code in order to use AI as an assistant for coding, you know? Yeah. It's not like new people are going to come in and be like, well, you do, I'm just going to freaking uh, forget programmers. I'm just going to program this whole thing myself. And yeah. maybe there's going to be like a system in the future that literally does that for you. But I'm, I keep saying that, like, it was a quote for uh, from uh, The Incredibles. Uh, the the guy said, "When everyone's super, no one will be." Is, yeah, right. And it's like yeah, that's, that's it's kind of like that. So if every so let let's imagine for a second, everybody can program everything. Every person can do like a whatever movie they want to watch and see. I think that's the end of humanity. <laughs> that's that's I it. Think that's what everyone's afraid of. <laughs> yeah. But I genuinely think that we'll get there because i don't think i think right now it's scary because it's much more 
um, it's able to do things that we never thought we'd be doing for a very long time, mm. if ever, or just never imagined that someone who has no artistic ability could create something that looks artistic. Um, so I, I think it's just false, like it's just fear. Um, mm. But really, at the end of the day, it's it's not going to replace artists because, you know, you know, look further down that road and it's not it's not going to result in in like literally job loss and, and everything like completely falling apart. Dystopia. The thing is, everybody needs to freaking chill a bit, because if you guys so if let's say AI starts replacing every artist, right? people start massively losing their jobs. The governments will not allow that. They can't because if we if like if 50% of human population loses their job because of AI, who's going to pay tax? They literally cannot allow this to happen because they are dependent on the people. They, they need people to work. That's how the society functions. Uh, and I think the, uh, yeah, big governments are not going to allow that. Even uh, ultimately, we kind of have all the power here in a way as well, because let's say if if the artists, like FX artists, if we stopped doing any work right now, nothing would get finished. Netflix Netflix revenue would go to zero. Uh, what's uh, Amazon Prime would go to zero. Everything would go to zero. Like we are we have a lot of power that uh, we're currently not utilizing mm. but everybody's like super scared that they're gonna lose their job but we actually are in the position of power we just don't know what to do about it <laughs> somebody would need to I mean, you know i think the fear and i understand it is that we'll lose the power because they'll be able to click a button and generate something that we used to spend a lot of time doing um mm. But I, I just don't think that's where we're at or where we're even headed. I think even this much, much more advanced than it currently is, is only going to take people who aren't artists and let them reach a little higher or, you know, fill certain gaps. I mean, I genuinely think the big use for it is going to be things like filling in. I mean, we were discussing this, Urban and I, but like, I mean, imagine if you didn't. Okay, so think about it this way. It's looking at a whole bunch of images and being able to kind of blend between them or try to understand and interpret one image and another and then how to put them together. Imagine that same power, but the library of images it was using were your frames. Mm. And, so, and it's a closed system. So it's not introducing random anomalies that you don't want or need. It's looking at your frames and it's giving you tweens. So now slow-mo can just be, you just render the image normally, like the, the shot normally, and then you just tell it, okay, slow-mo, and it just does a machine learning slow motion. Uh, maybe even from machine learning, from one camera angle can generate what it assumes the rest of the, the environment. So it would almost be helping with LiDAR and like mm. basically making more detailed environments from scans, um, you could cache only every frame and it would be able to infer um, subframe data mm. from that. So it's going to actually have a f an effect on file size. Um, you know, maybe even render every fourth or fifth frame only and have it fill, fill them in. So you're literally going, it's like back in the old days where, you know, you had your, your keyframe animators and then, you know, you had the juniors are doing the tweens. Well, AI is the junior that's doing the tweens now, but we're still the guys doing the keyframes. I think that is genuinely where it is um, gonna go. And I think that's a really good question here though, just on that same topic, just because it's, replacing what I just said there is replacing the junior animators. No, juniors are not going to be um, at risk. Juniors are still artists. They still know how to use the, like, AI is an idiot. Mm. Juniors are just inexperienced artists. Yeah. They will gain experience and become experienced artists. They just need training. AI cannot be trained to do what we can do. So a junior is just, you know, pre-senior. Mm-hmm. 
if you stop training juniors, then there's, there's no seniors. seniors eventually. Then that's just short-sighted. So yeah. I don't think people are that stupid that they will let that be the future um, of it. I think eventually it is going to just be a tool that we use. It, I think it's going to be eventually so integrated into Houdini that we barely even know that it's there. It's just all part of it. But it's not like, oh, I click a button and it just gives me different sims based on prompts. Instead, it's going to be doing um, much more subtle things, you know, filling in the subframes, um, you know, just calculating motion paths and things so that it can actually maybe um, like do like almost like with a flip um, compress node where it's taking away certain data and then it's a re-inferring it after it loads it back in. It'll be able to do that at a much better rate. So now on a much smaller machine and for much less file space, you'll be able to actually like do better sims. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Also, I this think... it was a uh, I, I watched. Uh, it was one of the ILM documentaries about. I forgot what it was called, but they were talking about Jurassic Park. They had a the initial idea for Jurassic Park was to have it uh, stop motion, right? So they had a lot of stop motion animators working on that film. And then something clicked in that time where almost like overnight they figured out how to animate. Um, in 3D, right? And what happened was, sure, a lot of stop motion animators, uh, they were like, well, it's done for us, right? Animation is over. It's, it's all going to be done on computers now. But what happened was they were just, they only had to adjust the, uh, their office changed, essentially, you know? I mean, sure, if they really enjoy being a stop motion animator, films are still done with stop motion and they're winning Oscars. You know, it's still a trait that people can do if you want to do it. Other animators were just, uh, they were animators. They just transitioned to use, they were started using computers, right? Um, and like that, in history, this repeated a few other times. Every time there's like a technological advancement, when painters, they were painting on canvases, now you can paint with Photoshop. doesn't mean all the freaking canvas painters got, lost their jobs. It just got uh just the the kind of not the medium yeah. but like their the, the way they're using the tools changed uh and i yeah. think what what is different now and what people are worried that it's not a jump between oh using a canvas and then hopping into photoshop right they're afraid that there is no canvas anymore there is no photoshop because now ai can That's kind of do that in, in, yeah. in, instead that of someone you. else can push instead of you so you're going to lose yeah. your job yeah, yeah, I mean, I understand that. Although I would say that our next step is not that, oh, we used to sit and make simulations and now our job is going to be sitting behind the computer and writing prompts. I don't think that is even the next. That's not even what this is doing. Like, that's what some people can do with it, but and people it gives will. a really crappy that's, result. And people will yeah. do that and they're going to be like, oh, look at my AI movie, right? And other, pe other people are going to be like, well, I don't care. At least that's going to be my response. Um, yeah. Also, um, one thing that could happen is there's going to be a lot of AI movies uh, made or like a lot of indie productions using AI. But that means there's going to be a lot, a lot more films being made because the barrier to entry is going to be lower, which means that more effects artists are going to be needed just on like different productions, maybe not... Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's going to happen on the studio level. I, I doubt it. But I think on the indie production level, there's going to be a lot more FX artists. And I I, mm. I keep saying this. Uh, when I was at the Zach King studio uh, last year, I saw how they're develop how they're making their YouTube stuff, their, their YouTube videos. And I was like, this is kind of, this is so interesting. Like, because they need FX artists uh, all the time. They need compositors and actual FX people. Because I, I, I worked with Zach on one of their uh, videos, and I was like, "That's so interesting." More and more people, like Zach King or Corridor Digital or other channels, are gonna need FX people, even if they start using AI to a certain extent, like Corridor Di Digital is doing. Right? They still needed three months to finish their short film. And it was like five people working on that. It was a lot of compositing, a lot of effects, but they also used AI almost like a filter on top to make everything look like anime. 
I think that's like a good way of using AI because you're using it as a filter on top. Um, and they also trained their AI on original work that an artist did. So an artist drew a bunch of faces. They, they, he essentially created a style for their video and then they trade stable diffusion on that. Then they put their video That's the plus the thing on top. It created a style that looked like anime, but honestly, guys, it still took them three months to finish that. Like it was a lot, a lot of work. I mean, you want to like talk about take out the randomness and the crazy problems that um, AI is generating. And, and that's what I was talking about, about it filling in your frames for you where that's the only data it needs to use. So you're, it's not randomly th like putting a, like a car in the background of your, of your Lord of the Rings shot, because mm. it just, it's just getting images from everywhere. And there just happens to be a car parked in the forest. And now it's trying to shove something in where it doesn't belong. If it's tweening frames, then that's a limited data set. You've got an artist there. So you would have an artist hired to draw a bunch of images and then its data set that it's using is only that. You'll teach it on that one thing and then create a custom filter from that or have it generate other. So maybe you as an effects artist, you go and generate a bunch of blood splats. Yeah. But you don't have to generate 50,000 of them. You just do like 12 and then it goes, cool, I'm now going to be able to make loads of them, but in that style, which then means you can create, I don't know, I mean, stylized flames. And then you go, cool, but now we need all the torches to be a different seed of this or something slightly different. And through AI, it can just fill that in and create these um, sims for you based on a few that you created. Mm. But you're the one still controlling and creating the art so that it's learning from you instead of it stealing from other people, which it is now. It's going to be using your work uh, very deliberately. And I mean, talking about it stealing other work, legislation is always very slow, mm. especially across countries. And this is across the entire world. Once they start to limit what it can actually use, AI is going to take a huge step backwards in terms of what it, not its capabilities, but the, you're taking the library away from it. You know, it's like a gun without bullets. You're taking that all away. So it's going to get worse. But then at some point, you'll have artists that actually get paid to just generate art. Like maybe photographers go around just taking photos and then feeding it into the system. So then they actually have a place to sell their artwork to without having to find someone who's willing to buy their commission. They can just go, cool, I'm going to sell it to the, the AI system. And that's fine. But then like what we're talking about now, you've got studios hiring a very specific artist with a specific style that the... That the um, you know, it can't generate because there were artists like fighting about the fact that it's generating like it's it's mimicking their style by studying all their art, but they didn't give permission to have that be stolen. Mm. But now with that removed, they won't be able to generate art that looks like your favorite artist, except you hire that guy. And the studio, like he just feeds a whole bunch of art into the data set for that one particular project. And then it goes, cool, now it's ethically sourcing from that and, and creating, you know, a, a result that the, the studio is happy with. And there's a, it's a lot more controllable because it's not this, just this randomness that's being mixed in. Yep. And I, I wanted to, I was going to steal your analogy, Urban, because it's a really good one. Um, oh, with the car? The car. It's a really, yeah, really the good Formula one. one worries that at the end of the day, we're going to click a button and there's going to be a movie that uh, no human worked on, except the guy that maybe just wrote the prompt. Because mm. um, I think that's the future that everyone, like, well, not everyone, but there are, there's a, a few that the real tinfoil hat people are like, no, they're literally going to sit and generate 60 films in a day. Um, think about if. Well, the, the Urban, Urban came up with this, so I'm giving, giving him all the credit. But uh, would you watch a Formula One race that had nothing but AI drivers? I mean, I would watch it to see like, oh, let's, let's see if these cars can drive around the track and not crash. That would be an interesting like ex exhibition of technology. And they might crash. But I and wouldn't would, be. Yeah. yeah. Even if they do but crash. I would, 
who cares i wouldn't yeah. be like rooting for like oh car number one yeah come on let's go oh he's oh now he's down in third he can almost make it like why why do i care that that's the car that's third it's because it's the same car ai number four is in the lead. <laughs> nobody cares it's it's it loses all sense of human connection so there's no reason for me to watch it because if there's 20 cars at the end there's 20 of them are going to be in an order one through 20 and i couldn't tell you the difference between them yeah i like if i have someone said people you know, like fantasy football which is like but isn't fantasy football still based on the real players and you have and you're pretending yeah, they're real players that's different. So you could even make fake players the ones that aren't even players you could yeah. you could make a fantasy football team where all of them are um superheroes from comics but you're still attaching that's that's using imagination and you're still mm. attaching some kind of connection to one player versus another yeah um and you yourself are then invested and actually so you're playing it it's more like a game it's more like a simulator and you, mm. so you're actually invested in yourself yeah but you wouldn't watch a movie because you're, you're not invested or involved in that movie you're not influencing the outcome at all and none of the characters matter and none of it was written by anyone and nobody's saying anything, making some kind of point, making you feel a certain way for a really good reason because they felt that way too and you can relate. It's just, it's going to be just, just a film. Yeah. Like the most gray, like generic version of a film that you could possibly make would be just like, well, that's, that's what AI could spit out. And yeah. sure, it looks different shades of gray, but it, it's, it's not... I wouldn't watch that because why? Yeah, I was just, me and Ava, we were just re-watching the Matrix movies and I was like, damn, <laughs> it's like the best time for movies ever. Or like the Lord of the Rings trilogy or like the first few Harry Potters. It just it doesn't get better than Lord of the Rings. Like the original It just doesn't. Version. Like it's peak, peak humanity is Lord of the Rings. And with AI, yeah. like even like nothing will get, because I was, even with the Matrix, I was like, there's no way AI can do stuff like that. <laughs> you know, you need people to intervene and, and like tweak stuff and make it a certain style. I, like, I don't know, like, but yeah, yeah. back to- I mean, hmm. the power of things like Lord of the Rings is that under the, the, the characters, there's, there's the overt things, you know, the name and what they do and the, you know, but there's subtext and there's, you know, there's themes and there's hmm. real human struggle kind of woven into that, that, uh, it's just impossible. It's just impossible for AI to replicate that. And if they did, really, really what it would be doing is taking, like imagine if you took someone else's script and shuffled the scenes around a bit and changed the character names and, you know, changed that, oh, it, instead of it being set in a fantasy, it's like, you know, you made it sci-fi elements, but it's still the same. Like, you know, so they're, they're not knights with swords, they're knights with lightsabers. Okay, whatever. And then you've got this like Star Wars film, but it's, it's ripped off and just every element has changed mm. to make it unrecognizable. That's really what it's doing. It's like, so it's not, it's not art. It's not creating something anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we don't go on, on about whether or not it's yeah. a good thing, but it's whether yeah. or not it's going to actually influence the, and of mm. course it's absolutely going to change the industry. It's absolutely going to, um, as a knee-jerk reaction going to cause people to panic and it is going to cause some studios to try and cut budgets by replacing things with AI. Yeah, they're going to try. I mean, down. they always, studios are always going to try to use whatever it is that gets the budget yeah. lower. But, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we, I'm not going to say who because but it's someone Urban and I know and we've, we've, we've been privy to like at least a conversation where the, the the words were said by a studio that basically they want to experiment to see whether they can get AI to was it quarter the budget of mm. films yeah replace it was like no, how could how do you think you could take AI and have a quarter of the budget that means three quarters of the work being done needs to be just not done by a human and needs to be done by AI yeah. Have you even, the person who said that has clearly never sat behind the journey and tried to get it to do something yeah. specific. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, uh, my wife was trying to generate a, a cover for her like book that she's writing. And we were like, oh, let's see what it can do. 
it was just the most frustrating afternoon and we literally didn't get even close because like, no it's, it's always giving you just a bit yeah it's like a slot machine that's what i'm saying it's just like just close enough yeah. all the time right you always get like two in a row but then the third one is like ah but it was just like a centimeter off and then you you do not understand certain yeah. things that you're just like and like con like uh, abstract concepts it's just has no conception of it yeah um but yeah also, I basically you don't were, panic you were talking about photography before like i know a few photographers because i tried to book them well uh, to take me and uh, my my and ava's photos together and they're booked for the whole year photographers right the reason is and the reason why we would like to be photographed by that person is first for his style, but then you can say, sure, but Midjourney or so, uh, OpenAI, Sora, it's going to be able to replicate that style. Yes. But it's the experience. Like we want to go and spend a day with a photographer that takes our pictures. We want to be directed by that person. We want to make memories. Like we are humans. <laughs> we need the, we need the experience. Mm -hmm. If, sure, maybe there's going to be an AI where I can take my picture, Ava can take her picture, you put it into an AI and it's going to deep fake us into a CG model and it's going to be a perfect picture. But that's not the point. The point is yeah, the, again, there. It's the experience. Like We would like to go to Japan and book this photographer to be photographed by him. And he is booked for the whole year, even with all the AI stuff, because people... People like experiences like we are freaking we came from the caves, you know, it's 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 not gonna this future where AI just re replaces everyone is a bit stupid. Like it's it's not I don't think it's gonna happen like overnight like people. But I see I see why people get afraid, but it's just not yeah. not there yet. Yeah, it's it is. I understand the fear. Yeah. Just don't think, A, I don't think that it's capable of what we think it is. And I don't think it will ever get there. It's going to get much better than it is now. It will never get where it needs to be to replace artists. Also, I don't think that artists will let themselves be replaced. Also, I don't think people want something that's not created by an artist. Like, like going right back to the microwave meals analogy. Yeah. Sure, some people will even try and live their life eating microwave meals, but we all know where that <laughs> some ends people, up. Like, of course, you're yeah. going to find people yeah. that will do it. Yeah, and and don't let them make you panic. And especially if they're like the loud majority, like the loud minority on all social media. And that's the worst thing is that the people that are the loudest are usually the like the few. Yeah, that have the most extreme opinions about it it's, it's literally the tinfoil hat the crazy guy running down the street going like shouting about the end of the world mm. he's the loud one and and then if you're slightly in like influenced by people then you can get carried along in that just don't you know it is going to change things it's not all going to be for the better but it's also not all going to be for the worst some things will improve you're not going to lose jobs forever and um New jobs are going to be nobody, created. Nobody would. Yeah, yeah, new jobs will be created. Nobody wants to watch a movie that's just generated for, like from AI and you just click around yeah. the buttons. I mean, of course, the, we're not going to lose the whole film industry. The reason why there were so many layoffs recently was not just because of AI. I don't think that was even the the point why that happened. It was be still because of the strikes. It just it was a wave. I know I'm talking to people that work at major studios, and they're all saying. There's got there's a bit of a dip in work right now because in we're still waiting. They're like three months away before work kind of picks up again because of it kind of everything got delayed a bit. Things that were supposed to be in production, you know, six months ago are gonna hit production in like three months. That's why studios like Blizzard or Riot and all of these studios like they were they had to reevaluate their. Uh, it's it was like a business decision. Because they, they brought on way too many people during COVID because in COVID's times, the game industry was booming. So they hired everybody they could. And now because of the strikes and everything, they had to let people go. And it really sucks. But it like everything, things go in um, in waves, mm -hmm. right? They come, they come and go. Like it's, if you look at the stock market, it always goes, it goes up, it goes down. 
but if you zoom out and you look at if you look at the stock market from like a 10 years perspective it just goes up and it's the same with the cg industry with the film industry with the gaming industry it's just that right now we're kind of going down a bit but we're going mm -hmm. down just so we're we're just picking up speed to go back up <laughs> We're like it's like a roller coaster. Yeah. We're going down to go back up. <laughs> and I think the thing at the moment that sucks is that we are in I think the biggest downturn that the industry's had in probably a very long time. I mean, arguably the higher it gets, then the 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 higher the fall each time. So I think every big crash of some kind is always worse than the previous. Um, mm or at least it seems like it and it's unfortunate that we're having to live through this now but um you know things are already starting to pick up and that will only continue so yeah. you know work is coming flooding back in yeah and ai is not at a place where it's going to start replacing all that yet and by the time it is i think things will have stabilized after strikes and after the i mean all of the recessions and cost of living crisis and everything is will have settled so you know we'll be yeah. able to tackle it more then and you know it, of course there will be stupid studios that will go and fire all their artists and try and replace it with a button but like just especially you know. studios that are doing you know those stupid cartoons for kids if you go on youtube like they're like <laughs> stupid already but those people are yes. going to start using ai and that's because kids don't care that that's going to be their biggest thing they're going yeah. to be, the kids kids don't care but if you're a good parent you you're I, yeah i was just me, about to say yeah i have a i have a one-year-old now mm -hmm. and we are being so careful with the cartoons that we give her uh, to watch not because we're trying to be like overly conservative parents but because honestly the uh like irreverent nonsense that there is out there there's some cartoons where i was like watching it thinking because i was i think i was like in a doctor's room somewhere or whatever and there was mm. like a tv playing and it had some cartoon on and i just thought what the hell is this there's yeah. no story no just like, like it's just a bunch of flashing lights and random events and i was like yeah. that is i would never let my daughter yeah. watch that i'd rather she watched some show that was like, i had like freaking violence and Mm. swearing or something in it if it had a story arc you know yeah. like an actual kind of like there are consequences to my actions uh i tried this and failed but then when i try got up again and tried again then i would succeed like that's what i want her to be learning so mm. we have like filtered for the things that have some kind of arc mm -hmm. uh rather than being like, like that's the thing i care about more than all of the other usual things that get pg like ratings thrown out you know i'm like yeah cool that's fine they can they can swear but just is there is there progression in character you know? yeah and uh, so if there's AI-generated cartoons, I mean, that would be terrible. Of course, there would be some people that just stick the kids in front of that all the time. But uh, I, I think good parents would never do that. And they're already not doing it. So I don't think that's as as uh, open of a market as they even think it is. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I'm pretty sure those people are going to be the first to adapt anything like that. Because the people making those cartoons, they also don't care. So it's pretty much like just a bucket of yeah. people who don't care that are going to try to use AI, you know. To... That's with everything. Oh, that yeah. is literally with everything. It's like literally with everything. There's yeah. some people that will try and exploit something mm -hmm. um, and just get money out of it and it doesn't matter the result. And then there's some that will be true artists. And and, and that's why I say, and I, we keep coming back to the analogy of the microwave meals, fancy restaurants still exist. I mean, to the point where there's restaurants that they come and put something that size on your plate and, and charge you $100 for it. Yeah. And we still go and eat there because of the experience and the just all, like just there's a whole lot of reasons we do that. Yeah. And it is the experience. No, that has, the yeah. microwave has not replaced that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think we're at any risk other than if people, I guess, just panic, like yeah. jump ship. So anyone who is studying and thinking, oh, is this like a terrible time to get into the industry? It's probably the best time. Honestly, it's the best time. Yeah. Just before all this stuff happened, I was telling people this is the absolute best time to get in. The, uh, the amount of output outlet for what we do and the amount of people needing like effects or like um, 
you know cg created somehow is is rapidly increasing yeah so much so that we can't even keep up with it so the skill level that's why we want to even teach because it's it's actually it, it's there's almost growing pains in the industry it's growing too quickly that actually mm. there's too many i mean i I'm not saying anything bad about juniors, but I'm just saying that the level of experience is like there's too many juniors and not enough seniors. We actually need to very quickly train people up so that yeah. there is a spread of experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. So right now is a really good time to be a junior because, okay, yes, there's lots. But the industry is expanding, so you're going to get kind of sucked into the to the machine. You know, well, like... like it's, it, it, yeah, but going back yeah. to my, my stock market analogy... Uh, if anybody knows uh, Warren Buffett or like, I th- think he said that, but like, just like the general kind of knowledge about stock market is when the stock market, when it's going down buy the dip. So when everybody panics, that's when you should buy. And then when everybody's like buying in, that's when you should sell. It's always the opposite. Yeah. Everybody's panicking now. This is where you need to buy and essentially start learning this because there's going to be a i think like corbin said like a huge demand for so mm-hmm. many different things and yeah i think it is it's probably is ironically the best time <laughs> to to yeah. learn and, and enter the industry yeah it's a little scary but if especially if you train yourself um also i would i would even say maybe this is specific to houdini obviously i know not everyone here is is specifically a houdini artist but i know maybe the vast majority are or there's a big overlap Mm. um but anything very technical and that's why i say houdini as well um there actually just are many many more grades than just sort of junior mid and, and senior um we maybe just talk about juniors and mids or whatever but the thing is if you already just want to go for your very first job but you already know certain things, like enough technical knowledge that you are competent um, to be able to like work with the different sims or to not get stuck. You're already miles ahead. Um, you know, it's such a steep learning curve that even someone who just knows like ten more things than the other person will get hired because they need someone who knows that thing. You know, like we've literally hired. I've hired people for my team on the sole basis that they've done an RBD sim before in their life and I need someone to do an RBD sim. And I'm like, yeah, later in the film, there's other things for them to do. I'll train them by that time because right now I need an RBD sim done and I need an artist and I need to start next week. Otherwise, we're going to be behind schedule. So I hire them. So if you are in, like junior or mid, like low, younger in the industry, just blast your work out there all the time and don't stop learning. Yeah. Um, and and also, yeah, don't... Today, AI can just fill in VEX code for you. Just don't do it. Uh, I was going to say this earlier. You, you, you can use ChatGPT to do things for you that you have no interest in learning how to do. Mm. You know, I've got a, I've got a robo vacuum because I have no interest in getting really, really good at vacuuming my floors. Oh, you don't? But if I want to get really, really good at VEX then I would never use something to fill in the VEX for me. That's why I actually, even just in Houdini, I've, mm. I'm very reluctant to use some of these SOP-based solver things. I like the layout, the <laughs> fact that I just stay in SOPs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the fact that it's such a... Um, pre-cooked. You know, it's a wrapper. Yeah. It's no, it's just a wrapper. And it's, and it's everything, it's set up in a way that I'm not entirely happy mm. with. It's creating attributes that I'm like, I wouldn't need that attribute. So why are you generating it and then deleting it after it? No, I don't need that. So it's, it's bloated. So what it does is it makes certain basic things really quick and easy. Maybe someone who doesn't know Houdini can jump in, slap down a SOP, um, like, uh, like a SOP uh, Vellum solver thing or whatever, and just go, cool, done. But if you really want to be an effects artist and a simulation artist, you should know how to jump into a standard .NET yeah. and drop down the, the object, the source, the solver, the forces, plug it in in the right way and get it to do what you want to do. If you can't do that, there's a problem because you can get a buy on like default stuff only up to a point and then what if it can't? Same as ChatGPT generating VEX code. All good, but... What about when it doesn't work? The 99% it works, 1% of the time it fails. You now don't know VEX code, so how do you fix what it, what it failed at? 
you have no idea and you've not learned. So do not use it as a crutch if you ever intend to use that leg again. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, actually, I know a guy who then uses it to generate um, Google Sheets code. Mm. That's because they have no intention of being a coder. But mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, and I need to like, I don't know, track my finances. So I'm going to just ask it how to make this table and then just do the thing. And now I can track my finances. That's cool because that person does not want to be a coder in any way. So why learn a skill that's unnecessary? That's a cool use for AI. You know, we need to get back to that. The, f- the imagined future, if you asked people 20 years ago, was that AI would replace our mundane jobs like collecting trash or something like that and then like people could do art or just for leisure and for living and whatever and it's gone the other way where it's it's doing the art and we're gonna be doing nothing but like manual labor because that's all we can get jobs for but that's not actually where it's headed i think people just afraid of that just in your own life you can use it for things that you don't intend to get good at but if you want to get good at something don't let a crutch uh, be there for you like I, I don't even use proprietary software at studios um if i can avoid it because i'm like i'm not going to be at this studio for the next 10 years so mm. sure i use this thing and then after a year or two i leave and i'm like oh hang on how do i set up a pyro again because i'm i was just using that software thing and now it doesn't oh crap now i've lost i've forgotten mm. yeah. so yeah I mean, I don't. Also, the amount of times I've thought, "Oh, I should make a like these like snippets of code. I should save that." Mm. And then I'm like, "No, don't do it," because then I'm just loading my own save, uh, like my own saved code all the time. And then yeah. when it comes to now, I need to change it or redo it in a slightly different way. I'm like, "Hang on, I don't know how to write code anymore." Yeah, it's like being an athlete, and you're like, yeah. "Oh no, I, I already." ran 50 kilometers and that's uh, you know i don't need to run anymore like i'll still be good right but it slowly starts declining if you stop practicing and uh training right it's the same exactly. with coding because exactly. that it happens to me like if i don't use vex for a while i'm like uh <laughs> and then i need to yeah. uh get uh essentially uh, get back into practice it's the only way yeah yeah exactly so yeah, cool. just be careful of it. But I don't think it's going to replace our jobs. It's just going to make us a bit lazy. Yeah. And that's still a problem, but um, don't, don't panic, everyone. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I have to run. I have, I have a call with a new potential instructor. I'm already late. He, the, this guy is great. If we get him, <laughs> if we get this guy to teach, that's going to, it's going to be awesome. Uh, but yeah, um, do we have any? Yes. Oh yeah, so we we just launched the film effect, uh, not film effects. <laughs> we launched uh, Williams uh, Epic Environments, uh, which is pretty cool. So if you got the legendary, uh, you can. Uh, uh, William is going to be giving feedback. He also wants to do some live feedback every now and then, and he wants to expand the tutorial. Essentially, adding more projects to it. There's going to be a voting for an extra project for the legendary, but then I think if you guys want. Uh, and if there's a lot of requests for it, uh, he because he, he can make these projects quite fast. And he, if you look at his art station, he has a lot of them. So um, if you guys are persistent enough, he might record more kind of um, episodes. Uh, and I already spoken to him that if if it's possible that he would do a tutorial where he goes uh, from from scratch, so where he builds everything from scratch uh, instead of just showing his workflow right which is i think what a lot of people want as well and then i think next week we might launch the new uh, talent discovery page so it's actually going to be a platform where you guys can create a profile and then you can upload your stuff and um, we're going to be showing that page to studios and recruiters all the time and then there's going to be a new profile page for on double jump as well uh, like a central hub for your for everything double jump essentially uh, other than that like all the other workshops are in development i think we have like 10 workshops in development there's like four so many 
I think it's like four or five that are not even listed right now on the website. Just, just I'm just saying this so you guys know. Even, even if we, we, um, we're not on schedule with everything, but that's only because we are working on too many things right now. So hopefully, everything's gonna be delayed by a few months, but it's gonna be more things. So that's why we're like we're really really, like I'm I'm doing like three full time jobs and Corbin is as well. So. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. Get excited, guys. Honestly, the uh, the workshops that we've got, the people we've got signed up to teach with us, it's yeah. insane. Like, I am shocked at uh, CFX uh, workshop. Yeah, CFX, we're doing a CFX workshop with a guy from Pixar. Um, Pixar, right? He's, he's at Pixar right now? Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so many things. I'm so super excited for Jordan's workshop. Uh, it's going to yeah. be called unlocking Houdini's magic. I think that's what we ended up with. Uh, he's doing some crazy stuff as well. I'm super excited for all the t-shirts that we're going to make for other workshops as well, which I think <laughs> is like a huge, uh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, we have some plans that I'm not going to re I don't want to reveal them yet, but it's, it's just oh, going to yeah. be, it's going to be, everything's going to be so good. <laughs> like, I'm so excited. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you have anything else to say Corbin? Cause yeah, I, I really need to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you you go. Um, I might pick through some of these chat if questions you want to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and try and answer some of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, guys, otherwise, obviously, just, um, yeah, thanks so much for, for joining us. Thanks for your time. I mean, it's great to have you here, and we hope um, you'll sort of follow us on this journey. And uh, mm. yeah, it's great. And, and there's going to be so much in the future, so many, like, cool workshops, great content. Um, keep speaking up so that we know what you want and what you mm. need because then we'll shape things uh, in your favor. Yep, yep, yep.